This podcast is part of the SJ Network. Go to s-j-network.com for more great podcasts and for contact information on publicist Steve Joyner. listening to In a City Like Yours, a semi-monthly podcast featuring interesting people with interesting life stories. This podcast may contain language and or subject matter not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm your host, Michael G. Moore. Please visit our website at inacitylikeyours.com. That's I-N-A-C-I-T-Y L-I-K-E-Y-O-U-R-S dot C-O-M for links to our social media, all popular podcast platforms, and links of interest pertaining to all episodes. Here is this week's story. I'm Rick Sodebeer, and I live in Grain Valley, Missouri, which is a suburb, one of the easternmost suburbs of Kansas City. And I have been on a, a journey for the a life journey for about the last oh, 10 years or so. And I've had a couple of major, major life events that happened in quick succession. Um, and they, they basically overlapped. And uh, the, the story goes way back. It starts way back uh, with my marriage and as as with any marriage you know you think you you're going to be married for life and and everything is neat and smooth and cool and fine in all respects and as you grow into the marriage as you grow into the relationship things start to shift you start to really get to know your partner you get to learn things about them and over time my ex and I started just gradually ever so slightly just drifting in different directions as I as a financial advisor at the time when we were married I I spent a lot of time at work and that that obviously put a strain on our on our marriage on our relationship and our our one of our biggest problems was was good communication and and I'll get more into the communication part of it a little bit later but uh, we we had problems sharing sharing our feelings with each other sharing what was going on um, and and I I've learned early on that I'm a good reader of faces. If you spend 10 or 15 minutes with me, I'll start to recognize problems or issues that you're dealing with. Not, not that you're dealing with, but I'll, I'll recognize that there's some underlying issues. And I could recognize that in my wife's face um, just very quickly. And I'd ask her what was wrong and, and she'd say nothing. And, you know, I would do this over, over a period of time. And it, it got to the point that we were, we were butting heads so dramatically that, that I would ask it once or twice in, in a day because she just had this scowl on her face. And she's, are you just trying to piss me off? And it, 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 
and then it would all come exploding out later six weeks down the road and and i know a lot of your 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 listeners uh, will will recognize that as a symptom of bad communication um and some of you know some of you may some of them may understand some of you may not but it was the type of communication we had and our our relationship continued to break down and continued to break down and continued to break down and when i got married i was i was I was in it. I came from a broken home. I came from from divorced parents and and uh, a father that was verbally abusive. And I was determined not to be that person, not to not to be verbally abusive to my to my daughter, not to be um, uh, not to give up on my on my marriage. But it just got to the point where uh, probably the last five years of the marriage, I was thinking to myself, "Man, this is a marriage that was made in hell." And I am just bound in, in, in this relationship, uh, bound to be in a marriage, uh, a mediocre marriage for the rest of my life. And that really made me sad. Um, and it, it's, you know, and, and I tried, we both, and, and at points we both tried. And I wanted to take a step back here. I'm not the only one that had issues with the relationship. She had issues with it too, of things that I did. So I don't want to, uh, they say when you point a finger at somebody, there's always three pointing back at you. So I have to accept my part of the, the, uh, the problems with our marriage. And, but it, it, it just got to the point where, I, I became lonely for a number of reasons. We were we were rarely intimate, and um, there were several several years that I would go to bed alone, and she'd come in two hours later. And I hope this isn't getting too personal, but it's 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 it was the reality of the relationship. And uh, it, it again, we get I got lonely. And I wasn't looking, but I, I, I met someone and ended up having an affair. And it was, it, it, in some respects, it was absolutely amazing. In other respects, um, it, was, it was probably one of my worst decisions in my life. And, I, I, and so please don't misunderstand me. It, I don't want to glorify this aspect of of, of my life. It, it, it wasn't, it, in, in some respects, it was, it, it, it was, uh, uh, a, a highlight, but for the most part, it, I, I hurt a lot of people. And consequently, this, this relationship went on for about six months. We got caught. Both of our spouses caught on about the same time. And, and figured there was going, you know, and, and all hell broke loose at about the same time for both spouses. And and uh, it was again, it was very hurtful for a lot of people. But the what I got from this relationship was the this this person was the first person I had extraordinary communication with. And it was someone that I had unconditional love for and unconditional love from. So God took these, took this, took this mistake, took this, 
this um, bad decision. And it was a bad decision on, on my part. It was a bad decision on the woman's part. And we, we both hurt, again, we both hurt a lot of people. Uh, but that being said, the, the, there were a couple of good aspects, uh, 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 good lessons uh, that, that came out of this. And the, the, the huge learning for me was that there is unconditional love and, and that there is extraordinary communication or we can have that in a relationship. And I'd been studying at, at that time for about 25 years, it's been well over 35 years now, that I've been studying relationship improvement and self-improvement and just working on me for, for all these years. And uh, what, what it led me to, to, to believe is that, there, that, that relationships can be great. They can be extraordinary. Uh, so, that was that's probably in a nutshell uh, one of the at the same time one of the high point high points and one of the low points of of my marriage and of my life at that point you know it was great to be able to talk to somebody and to to share and and for them to 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 get me or for her to get me and uh, to 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 be able to share with her what she was going through and in, in, in her marriage and in the, the commonalities, we, we were able to talk and share. Um, but that, that aside, it, it um, didn't outweigh the, the, uh, the hurt that we caused our families. And so about that time that, that all hell was breaking loose, um, there's there's a background story here that that I grew up uh, verbally abused. I grew up being called stupid and an idiot until age 52. And these these stories will 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 segue. We'll will come back into a segue here. But it was for for most of my life for my first 52 years I lived in fear that I wasn't enough that I could never be enough that I could um, that I would be found out as a fraud, even as a financial advisor. And then with all of these things I'd been studying over the years uh, about self and relationship improvement started to click. And then I had a conversation with my best friend at the time. And he, he shared with me how he saw me as a friend, how he saw me as a man in the community. And it just instantly clicked and replaced the, the, the voice I had in my, in my head of my dad's words to me that, that whatever I did, I was stupid or an idiot. And I've come to realize that the old, child, the old childhood saying of sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me was very, very untrue because I lived with that hurt and that fear and uh, frustration for 52 years. And so about, about, this, about the same time this relationship was ending, uh, my, my, my toxic relationship with my father was ending, my marriage was ending, and it was just, it was, it was the hand of God 
that that stepped in and started guiding me along the way, along the path to to where I am right now. Uh, I've spent I, I spent over 20 years as a financial advisor, and uh, I, I was just at a point in that career that that it just was no longer satisfying and no longer a passion. And it, it just, with all the, with all the turmoil going on in my life, uh, I was in search of, of something, of, of, of a relationship, of, of a connection, of, 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 of a meaning or a purpose in life. And I was on the phone with a friend of mine and, and this was shortly after, this was a couple of years after my divorce. You know, shortly after the affair ended, I ended up getting a divorce and, and moving on. And so I was on the phone with a friend of mine and, and explaining, sharing my thoughts and feelings about my career as a financial advisor. And she challenged me. And she asked the question, well, what is your passion? And I started thinking about it. And there were things that started running through my head. But I took about a week or 10 days to, to think through this. And because it was, a, it was a very, very monumental question to me. What is my passion? What do I want to do with my life? And being that I had been recently divorced and I studied self and relationship improvement, and I recognized all the problems or, or all, the, all the mistakes I had made and the problems I had caused in my marriage. And I recognized my wife's, my ex-wife's contributions to it also. And, and, you know, I was being, you know, I, I try to look at this from a, from an unbiased uh, standpoint, because I have to recognize that it takes two to cause, it takes two to make a marriage and it takes two to break it apart. So we had, again, we had problems, but I started recognizing the, the problems and they were, they were common threads through so many people, through so many relationships that I saw coming apart. And it was the mistakes we made early on in our relationship that never got corrected. They never, never were addressed. And so as, as I thought through what my, what my passions were, it, 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 it dawned on me that I'd, I wanted to help people make better decisions about about dating and the relationships they get into so that that they don't have to work on 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 a broken relationship on the back end if you figure out where where uh, where your heart lies where where your your desires are in, in, in a relationship, what are your must-haves? What are the things that you truly want in a relationship? Um, and you, and you, you work on that and, and not settle for less than extraordinary because I contended that as, as in, in many respects, my ex-wife was a good, was a good partner. Uh, she was a good woman. And, uh, but there were many, many aspects of that relationship that were just lacking. And consequently it was, you know, the, the, the marriage came to an end. It came to a collapse because there wasn't enough commonality in that relationship anymore that, that, that could support it. And I, I, I came to recognize that, that um, helping, helping people divorced, widowed, uh, that have gone through uh, 
crappy marriages. Uh, it, it seemed that we're, we're all doing the same things. We're making the same mistakes over and over and over. And I recognized that. And so uh, when I shared this with my friend on the phone a couple of weeks later, uh, I started laying out the premise for a book. And she was recently divorced about the about the same time I was, and she started throwing her uh, her input in, and and I stopped and I said, "Why don't you help me write this book?" She said, "Okay." So a couple of days later, we had a working outline, and we were off to the races, and uh, we spent about oh fifteen or sixteen months writing and published, and and. Uh, you know, and, and it's, it's just been an inspirational work, uh, cathartic to me to get all this out and all the things that I've learned because uh, about 10 or 12 years ago, I recognized that everything I was learning about me applies to everybody else. And so consequently, uh, I was able to take what I've learned about my mistakes and, and learning from the mistakes of others and the, the stories from others. And we were able to put this book together uh, called Dating Backward. And uh, the, the, the whole idea is to, to make better decisions up front so, so that the work on the back end of the, of the relationship, the work in the marriage, isn't as hard. It isn't as heavy uh, because it's always harder to to fix something that's broken as opposed to find something that's that's uh, finding a relationship that is that is healthy and and, and thriving in the beginning um, i'm not sure if that makes sense um yeah, but yeah it does uh what i, I want to ask you something sure. uh, your book's called dating backward yes uh, now in your marriage your former marriage looking back could you see all the signs that you saw eventually during the marriage prior to getting married, married, like during the courting aspect of your relationship with your wife? Was all uh, that there? Uh, Michael, that's an outstanding question. And, and yes, I saw many of the warning signs prior to getting married. In fact, I, I look, when I look back on our, on our dating life, I saw the first red flags within the first 30 days of, of dating her. And you, when, when we get into these situations, when we get into a new relationship or start dating somebody a couple of times, we get overcome with infatuation and raging hormones and, and those blinders go up and we say, Oh, I can deal with that. That's, you know, that's not a big deal. But what we fail to realize is those are those little things that we think we can live with right now. They're going to, uh, they're going to be become mountains later on. And it's, it's just one of those things that, that, uh, and that's, that's one of the things that, that we try to teach in the book that, you watch for those red flags now and pay attention to them. Stop ignoring them because they, they get, um, like I said, the, the little things that we think we can live with or that we think we can change. You can't change somebody. They are who they are, especially later on in life. I mean, if you're, if you're 18 or 20, yes, you're going to, you're going to go through some, both going to go through some personal changes, but you know, when you get into your, to your 40s, 50s, 60s, and, and have to start all over again, 
you what I've and almost to a person uh, we look back and we can see yeah just you know within the first 30 days there were so many red flags but we tried to you know we stuck it out and part of it is because we don't want to put in a lot of effort we 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 like the comfort of being with someone but rather than being with with the right one we're settling for somebody that's less than extraordinary and and don't misunderstand me it doesn't make them a bad person it just makes them the not the the not the right one for you um or vice versa it happens both ways you know i i just recently was uh, dating a woman and and uh, i say she dumped me because she did it via text she didn't she didn't have the grace or the courtesy to 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 call me or or to meet face to face and tell me but in 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 essence what she said is you know we're having a lot of fun but you're not who i see myself with down the road and that's okay um you know it it stung because it came via text but you know those are those are things that if you recognize the red flags if you if you don't see a if you don't see a future then walk away you'll be especially before you invest Two, three, four, five years in a relationship, only to wake up one day and say, "Yeah, this really isn't what I want." So mm-hmm. it 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 becomes problematic that that when we settle, uh, invariably some somewhere down the road we're going to uh, we're going to recognize it. Oh, geez, I made a mistake. And in then your, we, in your experience, do you find that a lot of people go through that that they uh, miss the signs at the beginning of the relationship and if you do how do you open yourself up to recognizing something like that uh, good question yes and I when I've and I've done some studies on this I've, I've, I've dug into some of the statistics and what the statistics show is that about about 85 percent of us have settled and and those are the marriages that last about 60 percent of first marriages last but about 85% of those are mediocre to okay marriages. They're not extraordinary. They're not the soulmate type relationship. And it, and, and again, it's because we either don't know uh, what, what, what we're missing because we've got these blinders on or we, we tend to ignore those things. And what I've, I've developed a, uh, what, what I call a must-have and a deal-breaker list. And the, the must-have list is a list of, of uh, non-negotiable characteristics you want in a mate. And when I say non-negotiable, it means your next relationship, your, your mate, whether it, your mate is going to have this, 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 and this. And it doesn't make any difference if your list is, is five um, the five items or 50 items. It's, it's up to you. Each, each one is, each person uh, gets to choose. It's, it's their choice. Uh, so what, and then, then you have to recognize your deal breakers. And when I work, when I start working with people, uh, more people can tell me what they don't want in a relationship than what they do want. And that's, that's, that's a problem in and of itself because when you know more of what you don't want 
that's what your mind is focusing on and that's what you're going to seek. And pretty soon you're saying there are no good women, there are no good guys, you know, they're all jerks, they're all crazy, they're all whatever. And so consequently by, by creating your must have list and, and the, your must have list must be written in a positive format. Because again, if, if, you, if you write it in a negative format, that's exactly what you're going to find. If you if your must-have list uh, has something like uh, no couch potatoes, well, what do you what do you picture in your mind? You picture uh, a slob laying around on the couch, you know, and 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 so you you would reword that to something like must be physically active. In uh, in. You know, to take if if you've got a long deal breaker list, take and flip those things around. You know, even from no smokers, uh, you can flip that around to must be smoke free. So there's there there are a lot of ways, and and the reason it's this is it's so important to to create these lists, and and you have to write them down because this, this is what's going to keep you from getting into the the uh that that settling mode or getting into toxic relationships or even just mediocre relationships because when you can step back from from the infatuation and raging hormones of a new relationship you can go back and look at your list and say okay does he have this 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 and this or does she have this 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 and this and if 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 she doesn't it doesn't make her a bad person or him a bad person it just means they're not the right one and if you stay in the relationship, you will be settling. And the, the whole idea is to not settle for less than extraordinary. And I, I firmly believe that it, it's in a relationship. Most people plan, spend more time planning a vacation than they do thinking about the type of person they want to spend the rest of their life with. And, and so consequently, there's a lot of bad decisions that are made out there. And so, uh, you when you when you have that piece of paper to focus on, you can you can pull it up, and carry it in your purse, carry it in your wallet. I've got mine in my phone, so I'm never without it. And if I meet somebody, I can and and I share that with you know after a couple of dates, we'll start talking about what do you want in a relationship, what are your must-haves, what are your deal breakers, and I we start sharing our lists, you know and. And if, if the lady that I'm dating doesn't have a, have a list written out yet, I ask her to, to, to spend some time doing that. And the interesting thing about making, making, the, uh, making a, a, a must-have list is that you'll start out and you'll come out with 5, 10, 15 things. And as you go, your mind will be spurred on. And as, as the week goes on, you'll think of something to add to the list. You'll hear a song and that'll spur an idea that you want to add to the list. And, you know, it, 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 and again, I'm talking about non-negotiable characteristics. Now, if it's something that would be nice to have, that goes on a separate list. You know, if, if he, if you, it would be nice for some, for, for my mate to make a million dollars a year, that would be really nice, but it's not something that's a must have. You know, so there's, there's, uh, you you have to be very careful about separating the, the must-haves from the would-be-nice-to-have.
Does it that sounds make like, sense? Yeah, it sounds like the, the list, the positive list, is almost an affirmation that you're looking for these, these characteristics that if you, you know, like with positive affirmations, you repeat them every day to yourself and hopefully that will come to you. So you're kind of opening yourself up to what you're looking for so that you can more, you know, receive it better. Am, am I that's, right? That's absolutely correct. And uh, it, that's interesting that you brought that up as a positive affirmation. And this is, I've, I've had people that, that pray about their list and, and in, in, in a positive affirmation format and give it to God and, and, and lo and behold, uh, they come up with 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 their mate. You know, God brings that that mate to them, or whatever you believe, whatever higher power. You know, I personally am am am, am a godly man, God fearing, and I you know. But if you believe something else, you, you know, believe in some other higher power, then then so be it. Uh, let that higher power bring those bring those characteristics in a mate to you. Uh, and, and the key here is to be patient. Don't, when we try to do it ourselves, when we try to, to force a situation, uh, it can get very frustrating. And, and I, I can't tell you the number of people that reach out to me and say, ah, oh, I'm so tired of this, Rick. I, I can't do it anymore. I give up. Well, there are times that, that you do need to take a break when you're dating. Because if you're getting frustrated and tired, and, and we all do, I mean, at least for those of us that are that are in the dating world, we all get tired of it. I get tired of it. And I have to take a break from time to time. But it's funny because about the time I'm ready to take a break, I get two or three people, two or three women that start talking to me and, you know, we, we start checking out another situation. You know, we start checking out a potential relationship or a potential mate. So it, it's just kind of strange to me how that all comes together. And, and so, you know, you just have to, you have to let it, you have to let it flow. And I think, you know, you, 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 you pray about it or you give it to the universe and um, your odds of, your odds of finding your odds of finding the right person will come to you. It, it just, you just have to be patient. It's when you try to force things that, that things go terribly wrong. What's Your Effin' Binge is a podcast brought to you by Chris, Anchor, and Spotify. And what we talk to our guests about is what they're currently binge watching on TV. And uh, what we do is we like to uh, take a different approach. I don't want to know what the name of the show is that they're going to talk about before they come on. I have to actually guess it. So I ask them who, what, when, where, why, and uh, try to figure out what it is that they're watching. A lot of times I'm able to guess it, and sometimes I'm not. And that's fine. That adds to the comedy of the show. We like to bring our guest on, whether they're a model or an actress or a producer or musician, and just let them have a platform to be able to tell everybody what they have coming up next and also entertain everybody with what's worth watching. So I hope everybody tunes in for the next episode of What's Your Effin' Binge. Thanks. It's Chris. Hey, everyone. You're invited to Harpy Harpy Hour. Hour. 
I'm Tracy. I'm Liz. I'm Steph. We are the Harpies. And Harpy Hour is our new podcast featuring ridiculous stories in history, science, and entertainment. Were you ever suspicious that pigeons were secretly spying on you? How do you know who to eat first if you survive a shipwreck? Do problematic musicals send you into an uncontrollable rage? If so, then Harpy Hour might be your new favorite podcast. That's H-A-R-P-Y for Harpy, and new episodes air every Tuesday wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on all social media at Harpy Hour Pod. And check us out on harpyhourpodcast.com. Okay, bye! So it's not like it once you're in the relationship... And all of a sudden you realize that, oh, wait a second, I made a mistake. Is uh-huh. there any way to fix that or is it, is it really done for at that point? Generally, if, if, I, see, if I see red flags that, that, uh, that she doesn't have a characteristic or something that, that's a huge turnoff to me, then it, it, for me it's pretty much over. And I pretty much recommend that when you start seeing red flags of any type, that that you bail that you just walk away from the relationship and the sooner the better i've i've talked to people that that try to work through things and in 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 my career as a as a uh, as a as a dating and relationship coach i've only seen that that work once where where the the lady had to work on on her man and and get him to communicate better and that's not a bad thing don't misunderstand me but it was still a huge frustration for her in the beginning Uh, she liked everything else about him but he did not communicate well and it could and it could be problems all the way back to his childhood about communicating but that's that's a whole nother that's a whole nother topic but the idea is that generally you can't change people. You're not going to get them to change to be who you want them to be. So it's best to walk away and find the one that is who you want them to be. They are that way naturally. Uh, whenever you try to change someone, it, it's gonna, it generally turns, it turns around and bites you. Um, it, it, it's, you, it's hard to fix a, a, a broken relationship. And that's why it's so important to recognize these, the red flags early because you invest so much time and emotional energy in someone. It makes it the longer you're together, the harder it is to let go. And my whole premise is that, that if you're paying attention, you can start seeing the problems within the first 30 days because people are who they are. And you know, if you're paying attention, there are subtle signs right from the very beginning. So um, I don't, I don't believe in in spending a lot of time trying to trying to change someone or trying to make a relationship work. Either it's going to work or it's not. And it's like, like I said, the the woman that 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 just broke up with me, and we hadn't dated that long, a couple of months. You know, she recognized that I wasn't the right guy for her. And, and that's okay. I'm glad she recognized because I didn't want, I don't want to spend another year, two years, five years investing my time and emotions with someone that's ultimately going to, going to boot me to the curb. That would hurt far more than, than, than walking away from a relationship, you know, two months in. 
Um, let, let me ask you this. As a um, relationship coach and advisor, what do you offer your clients? How does that work? Well, I, I offer a, a number of, of different things. Uh, first of all, we've got, I've, I've got the book Dating Backward, and that's, that's a great read, uh, if I do say so myself. And, and that will go through all, all the fundamentals of a, of, of a great relationship. But I offer coaching and one-on-one -on -one coaching. And uh, I I've generally don't have to spend a lot of time with someone if they're open to coaching. And I was just kind of thinking through this, this thought today that there really are two types of people. There are, there are those that are, that are coachable, that want to learn, that want to change, that want to do the right thing, that want to improve. And then there are those that are uncoachable, those that are convinced that, that uh, they can't change, that they, that they are who they are, that there are no good way, good men or no good women left um, when you when and very rarely have I been able to change somebody's mindset from from being uncoachable to coachable you know I can point out a few things but they pretty quickly fall back into their into their own into their own habits or routines so that's 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 critical understanding for every individual you know whether whether we're talking about dating, whether we're talking about work, whether we're talking about um, sports, whether we're talking about you know, whatever. If you're coachable, then I can, I can move very quickly and help you move forward very quickly. Uh, but you have to be willing to do what it takes to, to, to move forward. The, the idea that I can wave some magic wand over you and make life magically better, yeah, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> yeah, you're not a matchmaker, right? You're just, you No, kind I of... am not. A, yeah, that's exactly right. I am not a matchmaker. And that, for the most part, uh, there may be a few people out there that are really good at it, but that's, that's not my forte. And I've, and personally, I've never met a good one. And uh, I think there's, I, I think a lot of, and especially the professional companies or the companies that that advertise matchmaking and I, I won't name names uh, but they're out there and they they prey on emotions and they say oh Michael wouldn't you just love aren't you tired of being alone wouldn't you love to have that woman of your dreams sitting next to you right now let us help you let us help you find that special woman. We know you don't have time to do all the looking. Let us do all the legwork for you. And, you know, you spend a pile of money on, on somebody like that, and, and you get four, five, six, half a dozen dates with, with people that you never in, in your wildest dreams would have picked to go on a date with. And don't misunderstand me. Those dates can be interesting from the standpoint that you can learn something about someone. You, it, it, you can make it an adventure. Um, but generally, there, there's, there's not going to be a match. There's not going to be um, sparks. There's not going to be the chemistry. There's not going to be um, an intellectual, spiritual, emotional, or physical connection. You're probably not going to speak the same love languages because 
you know, they're just matching up a couple of characteristics and saying, oh yeah, he might he might be a good fit for her or vice versa. But there's so much, there's so many moving parts to a to an extraordinary relationship, and to get all these pieces together, it's not impossible. You just have to be patient, and that's my that's my mission is to to help people um, walk this walk and and make good decisions for themselves, better decisions for themselves, and not settle. So if somebody was looking for a coach, uh, how would they be able to find you? Well, you can go uh, check out my website, ricksodabeer.com. And uh, this uh, you have the spelling, so you can put that in the tag underneath the... <laughs> underneath. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's... it's, it, it's you pr- you pronounce it like soda and beer, like the two beverages, but that's not the way it's spelled. You might stumble across it if you Google it, but yeah, odds are. Anyway, um, you can go there. You can you can find my book on Amazon, dating backward. Um, you can catch me on on Facebook. That's the only social media that I do, and it's Rick Soda Beer Coach, uh, or at Rick Soda Beer Coach. Uh, on on Facebook, so uh, you can share that link also. And those are those are the best ways. And and through my website, you can send me an email and and say you know, I do a, a free thirty minute consultation. And odds are, for most situations, I can give you a pretty good idea of of either what's going on in in your relationship or in your dating life and not take it much past there. Uh, a few situations, we'll do a couple of sessions, but it's not my idea of, 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 of a, business, a business plan to keep you um, in the coaching realm forever. The, my ideal situation is we have a couple of coaching, session, coaching sessions, and then you take that information and, and, and run with it. You make the changes you need to make, and you focus on what you need to focus on and go. If you need help, come back. You know, it's 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 kind of like a uh, a good chiropractor, a good doctor. They don't want you in every month. They don't want you in um, on a on a on a regular basis. They should be working to help you get better and then move you on. And then if something else happens and you need help, come on back, and we we uh, then we'll talk again. So. Okay, so to close this out, why don't you give the one, um, I don't know, the aspect of dating and finding the one you're looking for, uh, the one aspect that you see happen the most that is positive? Uh, the one positive, I think that's, that's just, the, the, the one positive is just being persistent and and not giving up the the uh, the, the the amazing thing is um, you know when you keep looking when you keep searching that's when it's going to come for you uh, or he or she will come to you the and it's those that give up when you give up and you say no it can't be done that's you're done you're 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 not going you're never going to find your extraordinary relationship but those that stick it out, those that are willing to look, those that are willing to improve themselves, those are the ones that, that, 
that really have great success in dating. You know, and, and not every date is going to be a great date. There are plenty of one and dones. But the, the one thing that I found from the most successful daters are the ones that are persistent. They, they, they may take a break, but they don't give up.